Well, hello, everybody. Today, we're going to talk about uh, something that is deep on my heart and something that the world needs to understand and something that I believe my brothers and sisters in Christ need to understand. And so what you're going to hear and listen to is a live recording of a TikTok live that was done. And the title of the message is What's Behind the Mask? I pray that you are blessed and encouraged uh, by this message. Let's get into it. Well, hello, 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 hello. Uh, this is my very first TikTok live. And uh, of course, I'm really not uh, sure how this thing works. <laughs> so uh, give me a minute here to figure this out. Okay, so uh, tonight uh, we are going to be talking about what's behind the mask, and uh, Lord willing, we're going to get through this, and um, I'm hoping that we wake some people up tonight, and uh, may the Holy Spirit's words speak through this message, and uh, may some other people um, feel blessed by it. So, uh, and let's uh, let's get started. You know, 2020 was probably one of the most craziest years that anybody has ever been through. We did not predict this virus. We didn't realize it was going to happen. Uh, I mean, you can do your research and see tests that they did for it. But um, a lot of people are questioning why now, you know, what is going on? I've had family, I've had friends, I've had coworkers ask me, you know, Mike, what is going on this year and, and why are you rejoicing? <laughs> Cause I am, I'm rejoicing. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm, I'm, I'm rejoicing. And uh, people are like, why are you rejoicing? I'm like, well, because I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And so, um, you know, my prayer is that some unbelievers hop on tonight and uh, maybe some atheists and, uh, and which can let the Holy Spirit move. And I'm just gonna keep going as the Holy Spirit directs and I'll stop when he uh, says stop. I do have two pages of notes and uh, we're gonna see if we, if, if we get through it all. So, um, so let's talk about it. Let's, uh, let's talk about it. And I think first off, before we even get into what's behind the mask, we need to establish a foundation first. And, and that foundation is going to be found in Daniel chapter number two. And when I was sort of an unbeliever, not really, um, understanding things, I guess you could say, Daniel chapter two woke me up and made me realize that this book right here, uh, is alive and it's active and it's true. And so uh, in Daniel chapter 2, verse 21, uh, the Word of God says this, He controls, this is talking about our Father in heaven, He controls the course of world events. That made me stop just a little bit because I was like, really? So everything that's happened in this world, God's in control of it? Okay. He removes kings, I love this verse, and sets up 
other kings. So your presidents, your uh, your dictators, your you know anybody in higher authority, God sets them up. And uh, hi, sweetheart. <laughs> See my my daughter just hopped on there. Um, he removes them and he sets them. You know he sets them up and he takes them down. And so. I really think that we need to understand that first off, okay? That God's in control. No matter who's the president, no matter, Jesus is still king, okay? But I will tell you this, God will use people in positions of power for his will to be done. And we're actually going to see that. So in Daniel chapter 2, we find ourselves a story by a man named King Nebuchadnezzar, okay? Who was the king of Babylon. And he has this crazy wild dream about this statue, right? And uh, he's like, uh, I don't know what in the world this means. And uh, he is kind of just like, I'm confused. I need help. He calls in his astrologers. He calls in his like new age people. He's like, hey, kind of, I'm putting it in modern terms. He's like, uh, hey, explain this dream to me. And nobody could do it. But, uh, but Daniel did. All right. So in Daniel chapter 2, I'm going to read verses 31 through 35, and we're going to go somewhere uh, with this, okay? So it says, In your vision, your majesty, this is Daniel, he's telling him what he saw. You saw standing before you a huge shining statue of a man. It was a frightening sight. The head of the statue was made of fine gold. Its chest and arms were silver. Its belly and thighs were bronze. Its legs were iron, and its feet were a combination of iron and baked clay. As you watched, a rock was cut from a mountain, but not by human hands. It struck the feet of iron and clay, smashing them to bits. The whole statue was crushed into small pieces of iron, clay, bronze, silver, and gold. Then the wind blew them away without a trace, like chaff on a threshing floor. But the rock that knocked the statue down became a great mountain that covered the whole earth. And he's like, that was your dream. And the king's like, you are 100% correct. Yes, that was my dream. Now tell me what exactly it means. And this is kind of where I started leaning towards more of maybe there's more to this. I'm going to give a little bit of my testimony for some unbelievers that may be in here. This is kind of where I started leaning towards the whole Maybe there's something more to this God person than what I'm being taught in Sunday school. When you're in Sunday school, they tell you this story about the statue, but they don't give you the nitty gritty. They don't tell you it relates to Bible prophecy. They don't really, for one, you don't want to scare little kids. And, and for two, I mean, that's for, you know, when you can eat meat when, when, when you grow, right, in, in your faith. And if I say something wrong tonight, please correct me in love in the comments because I was saved in 2017. So I am, you know, four years in Christ. I'm like a little toddler <laughs> in Jesus. So just got to bear with me. But I love to speak. I know my gift is speaking. Um, and I just really feel stirred and quickened to, to share this word uh, tonight. Uh, and it's my first live. So let's go. Um, anywho, so here's what it means. He says, King Nebuchadnezzar, the head of gold that you saw is your kingdom. Now, all you have to do is do your world history uh, if you're a history buff, and you will find out that this book, I'm going to say it again, this book right here, the Word of God, that was written over 3,500 years ago, accurately, accurately 
predicts the course of world history. Babylon ruled from 1895 BC to about 539 BC. Now, if I'm King Nebuchadnezzar, I'm like, okay, sweet. The head of gold is me. So what's the rest of this stuff means? He goes, well, sir, another empire is going to arise and is going to take over you. That's the chest and the arms made of silver. Now, you know, in your world history research, who took over Babylon? Medo-Persia under the reign of King Cyrus. He took over uh, and defeated Babylon. They ruled from 550 BC to 330 BC. I've got my notes over here in case you're wondering why he's looking off the camera. <laughs> um, and he goes, and then after that, another empire is going to arise. All right, world history people, once again, who took over Medo-Persia? Greece, under the command of Alexander the Great. Greece, which is the belly and the thighs of bronze, they ruled from 700 BC to 480 BC until about 146 BC when Rome took over uh, the Great uh, Peninsula. This is not when Rome truly like took over Greece, but this is where they kind of started making their footprints. Okay, And then the legs of iron represents Rome. Rome took over after um after greece did and rome ruled and they of course you know they were the longest ruling people uh, rome ruled from 625 bc to about ad 476 and then they were split into two different types of rome that eventually they crumbled themselves from the inside and i find it interesting how america is kind of repeating the the same steps that that rome was so we'll we'll see what happens um, and then he gets to the feet. He's like, King, and, and that feet you saw, which is a combo of iron and clay, uh, is a fourth kingdom that is going to arise. And a lot of people say, Mike, how do you know that we are approaching the end? Like, how do you truly know that it's like Christ is getting ready to return? Like, how do you know this? And Daniel chapter two gives us the answer. There's a fourth kingdom that is going to arise and we're kind of seeing it set up right now and i'm going to go through this thing and show you what's behind the mask who's behind the mask what the whole purpose of wearing the mask were to begin with what's up with the vaccine and where this is all going to go okay and i love it because the bible tells us where it's all going to go but don't have any fear because there's hope for you we're going to get to that towards the end of the message okay and so these 10 toes that you see at these feet king uh, are going to represent 10 kings. This is revealed to Daniel uh, later on in chapter number 11. He's like, those are 10 kings and they're going to try to like revive this revive Roman empire again, but it's not going to be like big and strong like Rome was. It's going to be partly fragile and partly strong. That's why it's a mixture of iron and clay, which does not mix. Now you go through history you can see numerous times where someone's tried to like revive Europe again or try to bring back the Roman Empire. Napoleon tried to do it and he failed. Hitler tried to do it, which is a huge foreshadowing of the final Antichrist that will rule the world, this 10-nation kingdom that we'll get to later. Hitler tried to do it and he failed. But one day, and I believe in my spirit, that's coming pretty quickly, one man is going to successfully do it. And we're going to get into that here in just a second. Um, Hebrews number four, chapter 12. I want to read this verse of scripture to you. And if you got your Bibles, you're more than welcome to, to follow along. I'm reading out of um, 
New Living Translation. Those of you who have other versions, that's fine. I'm just letting you know. Uh, Hebrews 4, chapter 12. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So this Bible right here is alive and active. And I feel like Daniel chapter 2 proves that. How in the world did a book over 3,500 years ago accurately, I'm going to say it again, accurately for our unbelievers that might be in the room, predict the course of world events? It's amazing. Oh, God is so good. He's so amazing. Now, the reason why I gave that history lesson is because we need a solid foundation before we really dig into what is happening in this world, where everything is going. And so here are my goals for tonight. I'm going to lay them out right there. I want you to understand, number one, that there's an agenda behind everything that goes on in this world. I want you to understand that. Number two, I want you to realize that there's more in the spiritual realm than what meets the eye that's kind of controlling all of these types of things, okay? And uh, number three, I, I pray that the Holy Spirit just stirs in your heart. And those of you who don't know Christ, yes, he is. And all the time, God is good. Come on, somebody. Um, and I pray that the Holy Spirit uh, stirs your heart and quickens you, that you may come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And my brothers and sisters who might have fallen away from the faith, man, I'm hoping in my prayers that you come back home uh, where you belong, where, where Father is waiting with his arms open wide for you. So that's my goals for tonight. And so um, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 tells us, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Or I'm going to modernize it. We don't wrestle against like human beings. We don't. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers and rulers in high heavenly places. What in the world, Mike, does that mean? What are you telling me? What I'm trying to tell you is there is such thing as a spiritual realm. I like to use this example when I'm teaching kids in Sunday school. If I could give you like new glasses that could see into the spiritual realm, you would be amazed at the things that you see. Of course, those of us that are believers, you would see like a hedge of protection like around us and you'd probably see like a demon over here in the corner trying to get at us and the angels fighting them. You would see a lot of crazy things. And so what you need to understand is there's a higher power that is like controlling all the puzzle pieces that's putting it all together, making it all happen. So point number one, there is an agenda behind coronavirus and everything that's happened in this world, but you have to recognize it. I'm not going to lie to you. When coronavirus first hit, I said, this is no different than the Spanish flu. This is no different than any pandemic. But then something in my spirit, let me back up for a minute. When Donald Trump became president of the United States of America, once again, remember Daniel chapter two, he removes kings and raises up kings. I went around and I told my family and if my wife's on here moderating, she is witness to this. I told my friends and I told my family, I said, Donald Trump is in office for a reason. And I believe he's going to fulfill a lot of Bible prophecy. And people thought I was crazy. They're like, what are you talking about? And of course, me being sort of 
a new, you know, baby Christian. I just said, you know, when God says at the sound of the last Trump, this is when, like, I truly believe Trump would have two terms back to back. I said, what if it's like a play on words like, oh, here's the Trump, you know? And of course, now I understand I misunderstood that. But I told people Trump is going to fulfill Bible prophecy like nobody's business. And was I correct? Absolutely. He recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. He moved our embassy to Jerusalem. He stood in the way of globalism. Whether you like Trump or not, whether you voted for him or not, you have to admit that this man was a threat to the globalist system. Hence why the election went down the way it did. Once again, God is in control. And, you know, as a Christian, I pray for Biden. I pray for Kamala Harris because we are told to pray for our leaders. But I will tell you that we are spearheading into um, the final days. And I'm going to prove it scripturally. Now, number two, this is setting up the beast system. Okay, let me say it again. The beast system, that feat of iron and clay that we talk about in Daniel, the 10 king nation, everything that's happening is preparing for what we call the new world order. People thought Alex Jones was crazy back in the day. Conspiracy theorists, wild, crazy, nutty people. There's no such thing as a new world order or the Illuminati. I hate to say it, but yes, there is. Once again, principalities. Think about think of that word, principalities, rulers in high spiritual places that we can't see, a shadow government, if you will, that's making all of this happen. Now, if you will go to Daniel chapter seven, I'm gonna read to you where it talks about this beast system and what you should expect coming out of it. In Daniel chapter seven, verse seven and eight, it says this, then in my vision that night, I saw a fourth beast, the fourth kingdom that I was telling you about. And this is even further proof how you know we're getting closer to the return of Jesus Christ because this fourth kingdom is starting to slowly come together little by little. Now, then in my vision that night, I saw a fourth beast, terrifying, dreadful, and very strong. It devoured and crushed its victims with huge iron teeth. I want you to listen to that. Iron teeth. Remember, Rome was represented by the legs of iron. That's how you know it's kind of a revived Roman-type empire. And I believe the European Union is a good example of what you could expect in the future. And trampled their remains beneath its feet. It was different from any of the other beasts, and it had ten horns. Those ten feet that we saw in Daniel chapter 2. As I was looking at the horns, suddenly another small horn appeared. So another small horn popped up out of those 10 horns that they saw uh, among them. Three of the first horns were torn out by the roots to make room for it. That's kind of always confused me. I don't know if there's like gonna be three people that rise up against this Antichrist figure and say, dude, you're crazy. We ain't following you and he like subdues them or, or however it's going to happen. I think that's what the Left Behind movie was trying to show you when he's you know talking about um, you know, together we're gonna do this and he ends up like shooting somebody. I, I'm assuming that's kind of what that was trying to reference. I don't know, uh, but we'll see it play out here. Um, and as I was looking at the horns, suddenly another small horn appeared, like we said. The little horn had eyes, like human eyes, and a mouth that was boasting arrogantly. That means this guy is no joke. He is going to mock God. He is going to 
and we can already see it happen. The spirit of Antichrist is already at work in our in our world. I mean, when you've got somebody who is brave enough to get on an award show and put themselves on a cross and mock the crucifixion of Jesus Christ for a show, I mean, folks, it don't get no realer than that. It's time to wake up and understand exactly what is going on in this world. It's time to pick a side. Either you are for the Lord or you are against the Lord. It's time to stop straddling the fence. Hey, and I'm guilty of it. I used to be kind of lukewarm and kind of straddling the fence going, I mean, it's okay to, you know, fall over here. No, 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 no. The time has come to get either on the right side or get on the wrong side. Because, man, the tribulation is coming full force. And my personal opinion, possibly fall of 2022. But we'll see. If the Lord should tarry, that's great. But it's time to bring souls into the kingdom. So come on. Um, if we go to verse number 23... He's going to explain what it means. Then he said to me, Tom, the angel told this to Daniel, this fourth beast is the Ford, fourth world power that will rule the earth. It will be different from all the others. It will devour the whole world, trampling and crushing everything in its path. It's 10 horns or those 10 feet that we saw, right? Are 10 kings who will rule that empire. So there's going to come a time where a world government, a one world government is going to come together. And I believe this pandemic and these vaccine mandates that are going on. Yes, I said vaccine mandates. And if I get kicked off, so be it. This is the truth. These vaccine mandates is little by little pushing us into this one world government. Eventually, I believe the world economy is going to collapse where we have no choice but to come together uh, and unite as one. And that's what they're trying to do. It says, um, but then another king will arise. This is that little horn. Different from the other 10 who will subdue three of them. That's the three horns that get subdued. And I don't know if that is like, you know, Lord willing, maybe, you know, Biden loses his position and we get this amazing great man of God as president. And he's like, I don't want nothing to do with that. And we get subdued. I, I don't know how it's going to play out. But either way, three kings are going to be subdued for this Antichrist figure to arise. He will defy the most high and oppress the holy people of the most high. He will try to change their sacred festivals and laws. And they will be placed under his control for a time, times, and half a time. So what that's saying is when this Antichrist figure finally arrives, it is going to be literal hell on earth. And he is going to persecute God's people. And he is going to uh, definitely uh, go after the Jews uh, when he's revealed as the Antichrist, obviously. But he is going to make war with the saints is how Revelation describes it. Now... A lot of you are probably going, this guy is crazy. How do you know that it is setting up the beast system? And I am so glad you asked because I'm going to prove it to you. And I want you to remember these steps. So when it happens, you'll know that this crazy guy on TikTok named Unashamed116 told me first. Okay. Mask leads to vaccine that leads to the mark of the beast. And I'm going to say something right now that's gonna probably ruffle a little bit of feathers i'm sick and tired of christians getting on here and saying the vaccine is the mark of the beast i know several pastors i know several leaders 
that have prayed and the Holy Spirit's guided them to go ahead and get it, whether it be for health conditions or whatever it may be. And I'm not against like modern medicine. I'm against pharmacia, okay, which is kind of crazy because when you look at the definition, it revolves in witchcraft and where we get our word pharmacy for. So yeah, I do believe there's certain drugs and certain medicines that are given to people to um, try for Satan to like have control over them. People who suffer from anxiety, who don't realize the Holy Spirit can break that. Um, but I do believe in modern medicine as well, okay? If not, why would God create doctors, right? Um, but you need to understand it is a precursor. This is a test. It's a test run. That's exactly what it is. And that's why you're seeing people try to mandate things and say, no, you have to have this. Um, no, you need to get this jab because this is a test trial run that will eventually lead to the mark of the beast. And I'm going to prove it to you. Go with me to Revelation chapter 13. And this is really where you're going to start connecting the dots to yourself. And my prayer is that by the end of this thing, you're going to realize that time is running out and I don't have time to play games anymore. I better pick a side um, or, uh, or get left behind. Now, um, if you will go to Revelation 13 and go to verses 16 and 17, listen to what it says. He required, this is that little horn. Okay, I'm sorry, not the little horn. This is the false prophet. Excuse me, let me get it correct. Uh, he required everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on their right hand or their forehead. Okay? That they could not buy or sell anything without that mark, which is either the name of the beast or the number representing his name now let me ask you a question when coronavirus hit and we had to wear a mask and you would go in to either get your hair cut depending on where you live obviously i experienced it here in texas i'm sure it was more in the blue states but anywho um you go to get your hair cut you go to a doctor's appointment you try to go anywhere and what do they do they either boop, take your temperature up here or some of them had a little wrist thing where you would like do your wrist like this why in the world are you scanning my forehead and trying to scan something over here? Now, hello, because that's exactly how it's going to work when the mark is actually given to you. Now, I've heard rumors about this Luciferian technology where it comes under a light and um, the, the heat in the head or in the in the hand will show up under this light i don't know how true that is okay um but i will tell you it's a practice run there is a reason um thank you thank you i appreciate it thank you uh, thank you for hopping on it's my first ever live it's a practice run that's why they're aiming it here and that's why they're aiming it here and if you really don't believe me why is amazon coming out with the amazon one where you can boop with your wrists and walk out. It's all part of the plan. They are preparing you for what is coming. They're preparing you for this cashless society where all these things are going to operate under his control. I will say it and I will say it again. If I'm the antichrist, I don't wanna invent none of this stuff. I want it already set up for me to play with and for me to make people move and me be the puppet master, make things happen. So guess what? It's all being 
set up. It's time to wake up and it's time to realize there is no going back to normal. Too many people are coming to me and saying, well, I just want to go get this vaccine so I can get back to normal and, and so we can get rid of this thing. There is no more normal. Okay, when you've got the president of the United States telling you that he's going to use his presidential powers, you don't believe me, go look it up, use his presidential powers to overstep state governors who oppose the vaccine mandate. That is tyranny, people. That is setting up and leading to the beast system. You better wake up and realize that. Things are happening faster than what you'd expect. And I'm not the only one. There's a lot of brothers and sisters in this room that would agree with me that there's a fire quickening in their spirit. And, and there's tears flying down their faces like I'm about to do because I feel the anointing right now. That we are trying to tell people to wake up and understand what is happening. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I hate to say this, but there is no hope for you. There isn't. And guess what? Jesus already told us it's going to get worse and worse and worse. He tells us in Matthew 24, unless the time was cut short, no flesh would survive. The tribulation is going to be horrible. And we are slowly speeding towards, towards that. But I've got good news for you. And I've already said it. There is hope and it's found in Jesus Christ. Those of you who may be unbelievers and you, and you think I'm crazy, I'm not. And I tell a lot of unbelievers that try to argue with me, just wait and see. Just wait and see. Because there's no more normal. There isn't, okay? It's time to wake up and understand where everything is headed. And it amazes me how when I plan to do this on this night, that I get that notification about this crazy fool talking about he's going to overstep people. Like, it's coming. It is absolutely coming. And this test run is only going to become more successful and more successful and more successful until eventually something is going to happen. I don't know if it's World War III. I, I don't know what it is. Something's going to happen that is going to cause this world system to collapse and bring these 10 kings in that are going to create this new world order. You want my opinion? The Antichrist is already here and he's behind the curtain somewhere in the shadows waiting to step out onto the world stage his time is not yet but it's getting closer and it's getting closer and it's getting closer now first thessalonians chapter 5 verses 9 through 11 the word of god says this those of you who may be on here and you're listening and you're going oh my goodness like this guy is creeping me out like is there a way to like get rid of this listen to these verses for God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour, listen to this, not to pour out his anger on us. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. This is why so many Christians are coming together and and so many christians are encouraging each other on platforms such as tiktok and, and facebook and in person because they see what is happening the holy spirit is stirring them up and even though it's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse 
we know what to expect. It's the unbelievers that are going to be shaking their little space boots going, oh my goodness, what's going to happen next? When God's word already told us what's going to happen next, he declares the end from the very beginning. I guess what you could say is it's almost like history will repeat itself. I believe everything that's happened in history has happened for God's purpose, for his reasonings. Am I saying God caused coronavirus? Absolutely not. I can tell you right now, that was part of the beast system that did that. Okay, I'm not saying God caused that to happen. Is God using it for his will and in favor? 100% absolutely yes. But no, I do not believe that God caused coronavirus to happen. Okay, I do believe that was a work of the enemy. A lot of people go, ooh, why do you want to serve a God like that? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying he uses world history and events for his will to be done. But how do we know that we're getting closer? If you pay attention to Israel, this is where I feel like a lot of Christians start to get things kind of mixed up. They forget that God has chosen nation called the nation of Israel that we find in the very beginning of this book, starting in Genesis, right? The first five books of Moses known as the Torah or, or, or the Tanakh. And that is his prophetic timepiece, okay? I'm going to give you kind of a little bit of example. And if I'm interpreting this incorrectly, once again, brothers and sisters, correct me in love. I told you I'm, I'm a toddler in Christ here. In Psalms 90 verse 10, the Bible says that a generation uh, or, or man's years is 70 if given strength 10 more years. That's 80 years. And what I find interesting is when you go to Matthew 24, Jesus talks about the fig tree. And he says, you know, when the fig tree starts to grow leaves, you know that summer is near. In other words, when you see like all these things that I told you in the Olivet Discord start to take place, you should know that my coming is near. Now, if you were to speculate and say the nation of Israel is the fig tree, okay? Like I said, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but this is kind of how I see it and this is why I see things are speeding up. If the nation of Israel is representation of the fig tree, then there was a time when they were exiled. And, you know, you remember World War II, Hitler came in and tried to destroy the nation of Israel in concentration camps and with gas chambers and all kinds of crazy stuff. In Isaiah, it says, can a nation be born in a day? It absolutely can because God made it happen. May 14th, 1948, the nation of Israel came together as a nation again. So if you were to technically say that that is God's prophetic time clock, and let's say the clock started ticking in 1948, let's just say that. And I also find it interesting how in 1947, the first incident in Roswell happened. Makes you wonder if Satan kind of knew where everything was headed and he's trying to coop up his own deception plan, okay? Um... If 1948 was the countdown, put it that way, if you add 80 years, like Psalms 90.10 says, Jesus says, this generation, what generation? Well, this generation that sees all these things take place will not pass away until all these things have taken place. You add 80 years, that brings you to the year 2028. So if we were to say that... Um, 2028 is when Jesus Christ returns and puts his foot down on the Mount of Olives and it split, splits in two. 
if we were to say that, well, there is a seven-year tribulation period, so that brings you to 2021. So is it coincidence that vaccine mandates are happening at an enormous rate? Is it a coincidence that brothers and sisters are being persecuted like nobody's business? Is it a coincidence that the beast system is being set up? I don't think it is. I think Satan knows that his time is running short and he is speeding things up to come to a head. But God is faithful and God could completely turn the tide, switch things around where all of a sudden this beast system doesn't happen yet. And the Lord tarries even longer. I I don't know. But I'm just saying it's interesting to me how everything is just kind of coming to a head and kind of speeding up here. Now, the hope that I want to tell you about is found in Titus chapter 2, verse 13. And it's what a lot of my brothers and sisters call the blessed hope. Well, what blessed hope, Mike, are you talking about? This blessed hope. While we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. That's what we're waiting on. We know it's going to get bad. We know we're going to go through tribulation. We know the Antichrist is going to come to power. We know this beast system is going to do horrible things to us. But we are looking forward to that blessed hope. And this is where things are going to get kind of controversial. And... Um, whether you are a pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib believer, you can prove in the Bible that there is a rapture. Does it happen mid-trib? I kind of lean that way myself. Does it happen mid-trib? I can see that because in seal six, there's a multitude of people. But either way, there is a blessed hope for us believers. Some of you may be watching this tonight and you're going, Okay, Mike, I get it. You've proven it to me. I believe now that all of this stuff is not a coincidence, but how can I have that blessed hope? How can I know that Jesus is going to re return for me? And how can I you know, live in peace and harmony with, with you other Christians? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, it's uh, what I like to call, give your heart over to Christ or what we call salvation. But before we get there, I want to show you some things in scripture. Romans 3.10 says there is none righteous, no, not one. That means nobody is good enough to get into the kingdom of God. I don't care if you're Donald Trump. I don't care if you're Oprah Winfrey. I don't care if you are Bill Gates. I don't care if you have a lot of money. I, I, I don't care who you are, a doctor, a lawyer. Nobody is good enough to enter into the kingdom of God. I want you to understand that right away before we go any further, unbeliever that may be listening. Nobody is good enough. The only way that you get in is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned. What does it say? All. Not some. Not only a certain race. Not only a certain gender. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death. Well, what's a wage? Well, I mean, we all have jobs around here. A wage is, is, is your payment. Or, or in this case, when a criminal does something wrong and he stands before the judge, he has to take his wage or his punishment, depending on what the judge wants to issue out. But the wages of sin 
is death. Which means there's a spiritual death that not only happens spiritually, but then also the physical death as well. And I don't teach a watered-down gospel, so I'm here to let you know there is a heaven and there is a hell. And yes, those things are absolutely real. And one day, you're going to choose your destiny. Either you are going to be with the Father or you're going down here to the lake of fire. Like Revelation tells us, those whose names are not found written in the book of life called the great white throne judgment. Okay, So you have two destinations that you are going in life. And tonight, I hope that you make the right choice and not the wrong choice. In Romans 1, it shows us how when we continue to harden our hearts, that God will give us over to our sinful ways and give us, basically it's like he removes his hand and just says, I'm, I'm going to give you over to that you know, crazy sin and, and vile things that you're into when you harden your heart so much. Um, and, and you'll know when the Holy Spirit's tugging at you and, you know, and, and saying, hey, I might, you might want to listen to this guy right now. He's, he's like actually trying to help you out here. And a lot of people say, but it's too late for me. There's no hope for me, Mike. I've done too many horrible things. I've, I've, I've raped people. I've, um, I've murdered people. I have like bullied people. Um, I've abused my kids when I was drinking alcohol. I've been strung out on drugs. Um, I'm a prostitute and I sleep with men to try to make a living. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you've done. Because watch this. Romans 5, 8. And I want you to pay close attention to this. God showed his love toward us that while we were still sinners, while we were still running buck wild in the streets, partying with people, getting drunk, doing drugs, smoking weed, you know, while, while we were doing all that crazy stuff, having threesomes, sleeping with people we shouldn't be sleeping with, the verse says Christ died for us. The, the, the punishment's already been, been paid. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So that means it's already been taken care of. Salvation's a free gift. If I were to come to you at Christmas time and I were to hand you a gift and say, hey, or your birthday and say, hey, here's a gift for you. What do you have to do? You got to take it. You just got to receive it. That's it. I've already paid for it. I've already put the, the protection plan on it. I've already... Oh! Judges gave me another message. You can refer to like protection plan as like the armor of God. Anyways, I've already got you covered. You just need to accept the gift. And so, guess what? Jesus is calling tonight. He, he, he's calling. He wants you to accept him. Accept his free gift of salvation understand where everything is headed but it's not too late for you if you're tired of of waking up in, in people's beds and you don't feel satisfaction if you're tired of shooting up or, or smoking stuff but you still have no satisfaction if you feel lonely um, maybe there's a part that's missing in you and you're like there's got to be more to life there is did you know that you were created by our heavenly father he created you in his image you are created to worship him and have a relationship with him that's why no matter what you do in life it seems like you're always searching for your purpose it seems like you're always trying to figure out why am i here why was i born 
How come nobody loves me? Because there's this missing part in your heart that can only be fulfilled when you accept Christ. And, and I'm not talking about some new age spirituality stuff. I'm not talking about like this energy and, and this cleansing that you can receive. I'm talking about a blood-bought salvation gift when Jesus spread his arms out on a cross and died for you. I'm talking a relationship with the true son of God, the one and only God that's out there. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's false gods that are out there that are fallen angels, but I'm talking about the one and only true God. So my question is simply this tonight for you, unbeliever. Are you tired of having no satisfaction? Are you tired of questioning why are you here? Are you tired of feeling lonely? Are you tired of feeling unloved? Are you tired of feeling like you're worthless and your life sucks and you just want to kill yourself and things are horrible? If you're tired of feeling like that, try Jesus. I, I tell people this all the time I run across. Give Jesus 24 hours. That's all I'm asking. Give him 24 hours to change your life. Because guess what? After 24 hours, if you're not satisfied, the devil will always take you back. He 100% absolutely will. He will let you run buck wild, keep doing things you want to do. You can make that choice. But try Jesus. Just try him and see if things don't work out better for you. I got another question. My brothers and sisters who have fallen away from the faith. Maybe you are straddling the fence. Maybe you are getting bogged down. Maybe you are getting scared. Maybe you are worried about what's coming and you've fallen away from Christ. I want you to know that God's arms are open wide and he's ready to accept you back into the fold. Just like the prodigal son who ran away from home and tried to do it his own way and got mixed up in all this crazy stuff, he ran back home. Run back home to the Father. His arms are open wide. Let me give you a little bit of a testimony if you don't believe me real quick. When I was raised in the church, now granted, I wasn't truly saved, but this is an awesome testimony. You're going to love this. When I ran away from my parents' house, my dad is a preacher, and I ran away from his house. And I wanted to do things my way. I had a heart problem. I'll admit it. I had a heart problem. I didn't care about the rules. I want to do my own thing. And I got involved in drinking and partying and having sex with girls I shouldn't have been having sex with. Um, getting into all this crazy buck wild stuff. But God never, I mean, don't get me wrong. He, you know, removed his hand and said, I'm going to let him do what he wants to do. But I can, I can tell that he still loved me and he still cared about me. One night, when I was 19 years old, I drove home drunk. And when I turned that corner, I hit and knocked over that stop sign and almost, almost flipped the car. I remember the car kind of going like this and then it stopped. And I walked away with no scratches, no bruises, no anything. That was God. That, that, that was God saying, Son, I've got a bigger purpose in your life that I'm trying to show you. 
And even when I tried to run away from the church and I ran to my aunt's house, guess what? My niece and nephew rode the church bus on Sunday to another church. It's like no matter where I tried to turn and get away from God, God always kept bumping into me and saying, are you ready to surrender? Are you ready to surrender? Are you ready to surrender? No, you're not. Okay, I'm gonna let you keep doing your thing. Are you ready to surrender? No, okay. Until September 23rd, 2017. Everyone was convinced that the rapture of the church was going to take place because the Revelation 12 sign would be in the sky. And I'm not gonna lie to you, I was cocky. I was arrogant. I said, I've watched Left Behind. I've read the books. I ain't worried about it. Let's go. You just don't take the mark and you're fine. I've been there, done that. Let's go. I'm ready. And I was, I'm gonna lie to you, I was scared. I was 100% absolutely scared. And, and me being a, um, you know, me being a father and uh, being a husband, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? Like, I don't really preach the gospel at home or anything. And like, I think my wife is saved, but I really don't know. Um, and, and I was freaking out. And I was 100% convinced this is going to take place. But the night of September 20th, before we even get to the 23rd, there's a message that's going around on YouTube called What to Do If You Miss the Rapture. And I said, well, I better fall asleep watching this tonight because I'm going to miss it. So let's go. Like how foolish of me to even think something like that, right? Uh, me thinking I'm strong enough to say no to the mark of the beast. But, you know, so I watch it. And Dr. Mark Barclay, who's an amazing teacher of scripture, the way he describes the tribulation period and the way things are going to happen, like kind of shook me to my core. And here's what caught my attention. He said this one little word, and this is, this is for my brothers and sisters who have fallen away from Christ. He says this one little word. He says, some of you should have showed up for tonight's service. I guess this was the night service I was watching. Yeah, you came for in the, in the morning service and you loved it. You rejoiced because we were talking about Jesus coming back and getting rewards and the Bema Seat judgment. Like y'all are all excited. But some of y'all needed to come back tonight because not all of y'all are going to make it. And that caught my attention. Why are you telling other Christians and church members they're not going to make it? And I sat up and I listened. And that night I went to sleep. And this is where God was like, I'm going to make you surrender but not make me because we still have to choose him he's not a dictator but this is, i'm gonna grab your attention okay i went to sleep that night and i had two dreams two prophetic dreams the first dream which would have happened the following year 2018 the big great american eclipse that happened in this dream i'm standing outside with my wife outside our apartment complex and i'm like yeah babe let's Let's watch the American uh, eclipse. This is great. And I'm standing there. And when people try to debate me on what I'm about to say next, this is how I know it is real. Whether you're, once again, whether you're pre, mid, or post, I still know it's a real thing because why would God give me this dream? And so I had this dream and I'm outside. And all of a sudden, there's this boom, sound of thunder. And I was like, what in the world? And I knew that growing up and listening to my dad preach, he said, sometimes the voice of God sounds like thunder. And in this dream, it clicks. And I run back into the house and my niece and nephew are gone. My daughter and my son are gone. And I turn on the news. People are freaking out. I go outside. People are freaking out. And I knew right then and there, I missed it. 
I missed the mark. I, I, I missed Christ coming back. So I go to sleep. I thought that was the end of it, right? Nope. Gives me a second dream. The second dream is the same exact thing, except this time I hear a trumpet sound. Doesn't sound like thunder this time. It sounds like a trumpet. And I can remember myself going up and I can see these golden gates. And as I'm about to touch the gate, I fall back down to earth and I woke up out of my sleep. Like it was one of those dreams where you feel like you're really falling. And I said, what in the world? Well, that morning on the 21st, I get in the shower to get ready for work. And when I say the Holy Spirit came over me, I mean, he came over me and I felt this weight on my shoulders and I heard clear as day. You're scared about the rapture in the end because you don't know Jesus. And I fell flat on my face. I grew up in church. I knew about him. I went down to the altar at the age of 12 years old after a play called The Judgment because I didn't want to get thrown into hell like it was showing in there. But I was playing games with God. I didn't truly have a real relationship with Jesus Christ until that morning. And I fell flat on my face. And I remember crying in tears. And I said, I'm sorry. I didn't truly believe you. But here's the thing. What I want to tell you. This message I'm giving you. And we started at the very beginning with Daniel. It was me doing my own research. Figuring out that there's more to this than what people are saying. Me realizing that the book of Daniel is speaking the truth about these world history and world events that are going to take place. And this is me doing my own research before this morning happens. So obviously, now the time has come, right? Now that I've done my own research, now the time has come to surrender. And I said, I don't want to be left behind. I, I want a relationship with you. I want to follow you. And Jesus Christ saved my soul that day. And I know that there was a change instantly. I remember getting up and looking in the mirror. And at this time, I was involved in professional wrestling. And I did uh, this character where I wore earrings. And I looked in the mirror and I felt convicted and said, I don't think a man of God needs to wear this kind of stuff. And I took them off. The next week, I didn't care for really worldly music anymore. Like, it was a quick change. It was crazy. And so my point is simply this. Unbeliever, unsaved person, somebody that's watching this and you're questioning things, just try Jesus. Just try Jesus. So here in a moment, we're going to pray. And I believe that you can't end a message without giving somebody the opportunity to meet Jesus. And I know this wasn't a message about blessings and prosperity and all this stuff, but it is an important one. And so I'm going to do two prayers tonight. Uh, the first one is the prayer of salvation for anybody who wants to receive Christ as Lord and Savior. And the second one is going to be for my brothers and sisters who want to recommit their lives to Christ and come back home. So if you're in this room right now, this live, and you're watching this, and you're going, I want to try Jesus. I really want to try this Jesus thing and, and see where it takes me. I need Jesus. I want you to lift your hand up. 
Lift, lift your hand up in surrender. Like, like you are recognizing that you are a sinner. Any addict that's gone through um, alcohol anomalysis or, or, or a drug addiction recovery will tell you the first step is admitting it. Admit that you're a sinner. You've messed up. And you say, Mike, what is sin? Sin is anything that you've done that goes against the law of God. Anything you've done, whether that's um, fornication, homosexuality, uh, uh, lying, uh, killing people, uh, you name it. It's all sin, okay? Bestiality, like, like it, it's all sin, okay? Just put it in a box, call it sin. Admit you're a sinner. Lift your hand and surrender and say, yes, that's me. I'm a sinner and I need Jesus. Right there from your home. Do it, do it right now. Lift it and surrender and say, I'm a sinner. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that Christ rose from the dead, you will be saved. For his confession with the mouth unto salvation and believing in the heart. Okay. The gospel message is simply this. It's found in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Christ died for you. He was buried. He rose again. And he wants a relationship with you. So if that's you and you're ready to give your life to Christ, just repeat after me. Just say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I admit it. I surrender to you. And I know I need a savior. Please forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean. I believe that you died, rose again, defeating death, hell, and the grave. And I want to accept your free gift of salvation. Today, Jesus, I choose to follow you for the rest of my life. Thank you for saving me today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just said that prayer or something similar to it to yourself, I want you to add me and private message me as soon as this live is over because I wanna get you started on your new journey of following Christ. We're gonna start reading in a Bible, um, I want to find out what city and state you're in, get you plugged into a Bible-believing church. I really want to help you, okay? I believe in the Great Commission. Go out there, preach the gospel, and make disciples. That's what we're called to do. It's not about some building. It's not about a Sunday ritual or a Wednesday ritual. It's about going out there and making disciples. It's time to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So I want to help you on your new journey. Now, for my brothers and sisters that have fallen away, you're tired of being lukewarm. You want that fire back, right? You you you, you want to go back to your first love. You remember when you very first got saved and, and you were trying to rush and you were trying to get into the word and you really wanted to do things and get to know Christ and you feel like that's dying on the inside of you? I want to pray for you as well. And then when we get off this live, I want you to go into your prayer closet and recommit your life to Christ and just confess those things you need to confess. God wants you to come back home. I'm gonna pray for you right now as well. Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you for my brother or sister that is watching this and they know that they've fallen away, but they know in their heart they wanna come back home. I pray that you just allow your Holy Spirit 
to just quicken them and, and relight the fire on the inside of them, that they would wake up and understand that it's time to pick a side. Father, we thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. We thank you for always welcoming us back home. And so my brother and sister, I, I, I declare tonight that you will be forgiven. I declare tonight that God will accept you again. I declare that it is time to come back home. It's time to go home. And so Father, I, I just, I thank you for what you're gonna do to them tonight, what you're gonna do for them, what you're gonna speak to them as they go into their prayer closet. And I just pray for anybody else who's struggling to make a decision. I pray that you'd send somebody their way. I pray that, that you'd send a, a disciple of yours to go and, and preach the gospel to them, um, to the lost, to anybody who is saved but has fallen away, someone who's not even on this live. I, I just, I pray. I pray that you send somebody their way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to thank everybody that hopped on tonight. This is my very first TikTok live. And uh, I was super nervous. As you can see, I was trying not to pay attention to the comments because um, I don't want my flesh to take over. I can get into some heated debates. I'm so passionate about the things of Christ. Um, but God's working on that. He, he's working on that. Um, and so uh, with that being said, if you are a new baby in Christ, congratulations. Welcome to the family. Like I said, private message me. I want to get to know you and get you started on your new journey. Um, everyone else, thank you so much for hopping on. And I just pray that you have a, a blessed night. And I thank you for your support. Um, I thank you for uh, the people that shared on Facebook. And uh, just pray for me because I'm going to go live again tomorrow night through Facebook to reach another crowd. And I just pray that I decrease so the Holy Spirit increases and may his words be spoken. So good night, guys. And thank you so much for hopping on.